Welcome to Being Professional in English Podcasts, podcast number 56, The Manager, part one, The Correct Use of Authority. Let's get started. Welcome to this podcast, the first one of three in a very interesting series on the manager. First of all, apologies for everyone. This is the first podcast in a month. Exactly the same issue as I had last month with a rather slow output in that my efforts at work have been slightly complicated by A, the amount of work that I have uh, recently been uh, asked to do by my clients and also very recently the fact that I have started uh, a job with a uh, existing client or an old client I should say where I am working with them as the COO the uh, chief operating officer I'll tell you probably next podcast who they are and what I'm exactly going to do there But the interesting thing about me doing it is that although the podcast that will come will not in any way, shape or form be some type of diary uh, of my work, because obviously that's private to what I'm doing with the company, but I'm going to use this experience because this company operates in Italy. It's an Italian company, and therefore the language in the company is Italian, which is my second language. Often when I've, in the past, when I have coached people in being professional in English, a lot of the time, some people have said, well, you know, Mark, that's all very well. Those techniques will work if you're dealing with other English people, but they won't work in Italy. Now, I've always been very much so against that idea, not because I'm trying to sell my service and my product, but I'm everything that which I deal with and coach to me has a sense of uh, it doesn't really matter what cultural background you have. Most of the things I talk about are common sense and common sense really is the same in in most countries. And therefore, I'm really looking forward to this opportunity, a sort of a real life test of everything that I've coached people in the past, in the past three years of of having the company City Professional English, and certainly the last sort of one and a half years of being doing these podcasts and talking about effective management techniques. It's certainly going to be very interesting, and I hope you um, you enjoy this experience with me. But let's get back to today. As I said, this is the first of a three-part series on the manager. We're going to start today with the correct use of authority. And we have five points for today. The first one is the introduction to the series, which I'll talk a little bit more, as I have done just now, about what we're going to do. The second point is mistake number one, where authority is thought of as a key instrument to influencing others. Mistake number two that the line between authority, confidence, and arrogance is stepped over. Point number four is mistake number three, 
where we talk about the other end of the scale, people who are not necessarily using authority too much, but they're actually using it too little. And lastly, when and how to use the authority of being the manager or the boss in the correct manner. So as usual, I'm going to, in these type of podcasts, I'm going to talk about uh, things to avoid first, and then some very concrete examples of what you can do to effectively and correctly use the authority of your position of being the manager of someone or some people to be more effective. So introduction to the series. The reason we're looking at this is, apart from the fact, of course, it's very interesting given that I've just started a new company, uh, and so I'm facing these issues on a day-to-day basis. But I wanted to particularly look at this because I wanted to remind my listeners that the essence of an effective manager, in other words, everything that we have done in the last one and a half years, from running effective meetings to effective presentations to giving good feedback to delegating in the correct manner, all of these various techniques and topics that we've discussed in the last 18 months. It's all meant towards helping the manager effectively influencing other people. The higher you go up in a company, the more people you have to manage, the more your own individual contribution means less, and the more that you have to influence people to have some success. And we've done one and a half years, roughly one and a half years of coaching professional behaviours for people using English as a second language. And it's time now to bring all this together, which is what I'm doing in these in this three series. One very important point to, to remember, I think, is that over the last 10 to 15 years in management consultancy, no, sorry, about yeah, 15 years in management consultancy, there's been a trend towards separating the training for leadership and the training for managers. And personally, I find that incorrect. I mean, I can see it from the point of view of the consultants because you get the opportunity to sell more, more, more products, more services. But in essence, I think a manager is by definition a leader. He or she has to uh, influence the people who work for them and to direct them in the right, in the correct direction. Therefore, they're a leader. There's no separation in my mind between being a leader and being a manager. Over the last nine months in particular, I've received quite a lot of emails and requests from the people in, in Europe, a lot of in Italy, where they have spoken to me about how to influence or how to motivate the people who work for them in an, in an environment in which the employment law of the country means that actually firing someone is very difficult. And so unlike in the Anglo-Saxon world, uh, and particularly in the UK, particularly in the US, where it is relatively easy to fire someone, and therefore the boss, the manager, does have quite a lot of power if or he or she wishes to exercise it, in Europe that power is diminished. 
And so for managers in Europe, we have to look at other techniques as to what we can do to motivate people and get the best from them. I mean, we can we can complain about the employment law situation. Indeed, uh, we all do. But that doesn't actually help us going forward and being more effective and getting results because it's something which we can't control. But what we can control is how we deal with our people. And that's what these few podcasts are about. As I've said, there are three parts. The first one, which we're going to look at today, is the correct use of authority. The second one, which I hope will be in a week's time, but don't hold me to it, will be the incorrect use of friendship. And the last one is what I call the aim, which is trust, which is actually where I think we should be as managers and therefore leaders, we should be concentrating on. So let's go straight on to mistake number one. Authority is a key instrument in influencing others. Research into behaviour at work has proven quite conclusively, and you can read about it all the time in the Harvard Business Review um, and any type of business or professional literature, the research has proven that the human connection, i.e. the connect, human connection between the boss and the employee, is actually the main driver of employee engagement. So it's not money that's the greatest incentive. It's the connection between the boss and the person below him or her. And the problem with using your authority, your role power in that, is that your people want a more personal, even emotional connection. What I mean by that is they want you to care about them as individuals in a professional sense. I mean, as the boss, you can't really... Uh, I mean, it's not your role to go into their private life. And I'm not trying to suggest that at all. I am not trying to suggest you become therapists. But obviously you do influence their private life because they spend so much of their waking hours with you, the manager. And if you make their working life difficult, very difficult, then they go home to a private life and, you know, it's going to be very difficult for them to forget all the stupid and rotten, horrible things you've done as a bad manager to them during the day when they're with their family. They're probably going to discharge all of that venom and hatred and, and, and frustration upon their own family. However, if you're a good boss, a good manager, then they're going to come away from their six or eight or seven or ten hours at work, whatever it is, and they go home to their family. They're going to feel appreciated, inspired, motivated, and that's going to affect their private life. So the your quality as a manager or a boss does have an indirect effect upon their private life. And they want you to care for them as individuals. They want you to appreciate them. And we'll talk about these things in more depth when we get on to the third of this series of podcasts about the real aim that we're trying to, to get at. So what is that? So that's what we're trying to get at, employee engagement, okay? <clears throat> and... 
the use of formal authority, role power, is very, very ineffective in producing that. And let's go through some of the reasons why that is. Because in the past, in the 1970s, for instance, there was a strong push with managers. They ought to be very hard, very tough, very so much you do what I say type of attitude. Things are somewhat different now. Um, not because the people are different, although they are, because they have a great more access to information, but because the type of work is is far more different. It's far more, um, you know, this sort of matrix idea. We're far more involved in project management, and project management, and the working environment is far more complex than it used to be. So the use of the formal authority as a boss, which was very predominant 30 or 40 years ago, is really uh, out of date now. And these are the reasons why. There are only a few of them. They're not all of them, but there are a few of them that I thought of. And the first one is they do not understand what you want. If you tell people to do something and you, you know, give directions... They sometimes, the people you work for, find it almost impossible to understand exactly what you want. And there are some misunderstandings um, or, you know, you never cover every single contingency that can actually happen. The reason being is that most work today requires some form of judgment and thought and therefore, it's almost impossible to give instructions specific enough to eliminate any type of these misunderstandings. And that's because of the type of work which we all do. As a manager, you want people to, f- to not just follow the rules of what they're doing, but to have the ability to be creative in a certain sense, to have the latitude to get the work done in the most efficient and effective manner because you can't be sitting at their side all during the day. And people, if they feel that they're constrained too much to their own rules, really don't have any engagement whatsoever. They, don't, they won't give any judgment or any thought. They just do what you say. And this does lead to a little bit of misunderstanding as to what exactly you want. They also often think that something else is more important in that you haven't actually set deadlines very well or made your priorities clear. This often happens when people are using their authority as a boss too often. They say, you know, go and do this. Um, And it could be slightly different from what they said the day before. Go and do that. And it ends up, if you're just giving out orders all the time without any type of explanation as to why you're changing, people get confused. And if you have people confused at work, you know, they start to think that something else is more important or what you said to them yesterday was more important or what you're saying to them is more important. It just gets confusing. There's a lot of energy used up there trying to understand, you know, what the boss wants. There are some people also that simply do not like being pushed around, verbally pushed around, not physically pushed around. Uh, You know, using quite aggressive tone of voice or choice of words that uh, belittle the other person, 
you know, using the imperative, go and get the facts or what's the what's the latest uh, results from northern Italy? You know, th- those type of imperative questions only invite minimal compliance and, in fact, actually subtle disobedience. Um what will happen is that people will do exactly what you tell them to do. Exactly. And unless you are a perfect communicator, you're not necessarily going to get what you want. And people are coming to you as their current manager with a lot of baggage. I mean, they may have a history of really difficult dealings with authority figures parents, teachers, university professors, previous bosses. So they finally come to you and, you know, they find in you someone who's using exactly the same type of uh, use of, of authority too much. And they will rebel against it. So there are some people who just do not like being bossed around. They don't like this idea of people using too much authority. There's also people who don't comply because they're confused. I've mentioned this before in that they don't understand what you want or they think something else is uh, is important. And going back again, it's because the complexity of the workplace is far higher now and, and, is, and is becoming more and more complex all the time because different markets are opening up and we're sourcing uh, our goods um, from different areas all around the world, that things are getting more complicated and more fluid as well. You have temporary teams involved. You have this idea of the matrix operating system for companies, which I'm sort of not 100% sure behind, but it's a quite a common theme. And many employees begin to get confused about the conflicting demands. There are a lot of people who have not just one boss, but two. They have a primary relationship and a secondary relationship. And it, you know, all that authority starts to get too complicated. Over and above that, the use of too much formal authority can actually be corrosive not only does it not really generate commitment but if people feel that you are exercising too much authority over them they're not going to work on their relationship with you and not only does it not help what you're doing in the current t- in the current moment with the with the task they're doing but it's corrosive against any future Uh, relationship we're going to have with them it really puts up a barrier and it's going to impede you in the future as a manager in trying to get results from those people the last one where I see um, this particular mistake is where it too much authority discourages openness people are not going to risk putting their hand up and telling you what they think or asking for further clarification, uh, basically not giving their feedback in meetings. And, of course, what that leads to is 
uh, a situation where you effectively have one person making the decisions for the whole company. Now, in companies that are very small, you know, 10, 20 people, that's fine. But as soon as, you know, these companies grow and get to 50, 100, 200, 2,000 people, and they begin to be not just uh, countrywide, but continent-wide and global, one person simply cannot be responsible for all of the major decisions of the company. Well, sorry, they can be responsible, but they they can't be the only ones giving input into what the company's going to do. If you give too much or use too much formal authority, it discourages this openness and means it places a huge burden upon you as the manager of the boss to always be right. To always be right. And no one person can possibly possess the knowledge, experience and and wisdom needed to make every decision. You need the input of the people around you. Forget for a moment whether it's good in terms of team team building involving other people in your decision processes, which we'll talk about that a bit later. But just from the fact that if you're the only one making decisions without any input from people because they fear being open in an authoritarian climate, that's a huge burden on you. And sooner or later, you're going to make a mistake, which will, well, may or may not cost you your job, but could cause the company a great deal of problems because the, the decisions you make as the, as the top manager in particular have big influences upon the company. You have the responsibility for the people and the families who work under you. The second mistake is where people get a bit confused between authority, confidence and arrogance. And there are two issues here. There's the first group of people who basically use the position they have for personal gain. And, you know, in a sense, I can I can understand this because society, the media, fiction, all encourage it. You know, we, we, we all care about status and influence. Um, and, you know, these type of concerns are part of the human instinct for survival. And it's very easy to get in a situation where, you've heard the old saying, power corrupts. And these people begin to feel that when the people below them agree to do something that they ask for, or sorry, that they tell, because you're using your authority, your role power, you're not asking, these managers begin to think that the people are not doing it because you are the boss, the manager, but because of who you are. And, you know, these managers begin to get confused between their own personality and the actual power that the role they have as manager or boss actually gives them. And this is a very, it's a very human thing to do. I can completely understand it, but it can cause a great deal of problems. The advice on this is simply don't let being the boss or the manager go to your head. 
You know, when you use your authority, use it with the respect for others and not just to satisfy your own personal needs. The other type of people in this confusion between authority, converts and arrogance is also something which I understand, where as a manager, as a leader, remember they're one and the same things, you have a very difficult line to tread because you must show confidence. People are not going to want to be led by you unless you show confidence. And it's only one little step to go from confidence to being overconfident or arrogant. And it's a, it's a very fine line. And it's a fine line that you as a manager are always going to have to uh, keep walking. What I would say to help you trying to keep off of actually walking over that line and being viewed as being arrogant, is that I would suggest never to issue orders without explanation. You know, explain to people why you're doing things. Never demand personal loyalty. So never, you know, demand it from people just because of your position. You hope that you can earn their loyalty... But that's very different from actually demanding it. I also would suggest never to stifle disagreements. When you have disagreements within the company, don't just stifle them out. I mean, don't, you know, my word is law type of thing. And lastly, of course, don't focus on your own benefits of your job. So, you know, even if the company offers you a brand new Audi S8 you know, a hundred and forty thousand euro souped up grand car with a uh, driver, don't maybe don't 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 accept it. Choose a cheaper car. Um, you know, don't um, don't just have the executive toilets locked for the executives. Don't have a separate dining room for managers and executives. You know, don't put yourself on a pedestal. Otherwise, it's very easy for you for your confidence, which you work very hard on to keep, to be viewed as arrogant. The third mistake, as it were, is actually looking at people from the completely the other side of the spectrum. So not the people who are using their authority too much, but actually the people who are using their authority uh, too little. As you will hear in the when, in a little bit of time, there is a correct amount of authority that you need to show as the manager or the leader. But I want to talk, having talked about people who use it too much, I'm going to talk about people who use it too little. And then I'll talk about where is the correct, or at least in my opinion, where is the correct level to aim for. And these people who use it too little are classic examples. People who are the boss of some but not of others. You know, obviously, if you're running or managing a group of people, because of your personality as the manager, you're going to find it easier to be the manager of some people compared to others. I mean, that's just human nature, right? Uh, There are going to be some easy people to get along with, and there are going to be some more challenging people to get along with. 
And the people who make mistakes here in their authority is they just choose to be a boss of the people they find it easy to be the boss for. You basically ignore the people you don't like. And that's a mistake. You also have the ones who just follow the rules. They think that their position is simply to implement the orders, rules and policies from the people above them. You know, they don't make any decisions uh, without checking on it. Uh, and they basically do not accept their responsibility in their role. The third type of person is similar, and I call them the non-human robot not that you can have a human robot, but the non-human robot, the person who basically, uh, if you can think of the worst IT manager in the world, someone who's just thinking that being in a company and managing a group of people is simply some sort of mechanical process, a system. And any problems that exist can just be solved with the right solution. And getting involved in what are very messy human connections is just a complete waste of time. The other people are almost exactly the opposite, opposite to that. And they're the people that they try to be who everyone loves. We're going to see more of these type of, of, of managers when we talk about the incorrect use of friendship as a managing tool. But these people also come in involved here where they're not using enough authority. And they think that their idea is to facilitate, to counsel people doing work. And their primary task is to promote harmony and make everyone feel happy. Okay? They don't make difficult choices. They don't make difficult decisions. They seldom give feedback or negative feedback to people. They basically avoid any form of difficult situation or conflict. So those are the people who, who don't use authority enough. So we've spoken about using too much authority. We've spoken about using too little authority. So where are we? Well, <clears throat> let me repeat something. To be effective, you need as a manager, you need to influence others to achieve your results. If you do not influence others, you will not achieve the results that you need to to keep your job. Simple as that. May not have been the case 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. In fact, it wasn't. But now, it absolutely, definitely is. And authority is a tool. Your role, your role power as the boss, who can eventually fire the person, and even in Europe where the employment law is more difficult, you can fire the person. It's a little bit more complicated, but you can do it. That still remains a useful tool. But only one of many. And not even the most important one, but it's there. And it needs to be used for the benefit of everyone at the right time. And when it is used, one of the most crucial points about it is the ethical judgment that's required. Because the people be below you, the people you are managing, will expect you to recognise and try to deal with the harmful consequences of any decisions you do, or make, sorry, 
while seeking the greater good. So you make a decision for the company or for your group, which is for the greater good, there are, there are sometimes going to be negative consequences of that for certain parts of the company or the group. And your people are going to want to see you recognize that and deal with it. In fact, if you want to talk about um, the, 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 the ability to use authority is a right, the right to use the authority is earned principally in this manner. Classic example, if you have to let some people go, and I've been speaking to quite a few people recently about that, if you have to let some people go, uh, you have to fire them, the other people left in the company are going to want to see you try to help those people you are firing over and above what the law says. And this doesn't mean in money terms, like, you know, anything else. Money is not the, 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 the greatest thing to incentivize people. It means on helping them find another job. So offering to sit down with them and write their, uh, um, helping them with their curriculum vitae, or helping them with a letter of presentation, or allowing them to stay in the office and use a company emails while they find another job or the fax machine, or telephone, or, you know, doing these extra things to help the people. The people, I mean, it matters to the peer person you are firing. Of course it does. It matters even more to the people who are staying and they're watching you. The ethical judgment required on the use of authority is very, very crucial. And it's simple. You Just remember, your people are watching to see how you deal with the negative consequences of your use of authority. Very crucial. The other thing, of course, with the use of authority that's very key, very commonly spoken about, is involving others. Okay. Not trying to um, <clears throat> implement your decisions without explaining the reasons, or indeed trying to arrive at the decisions using the input of the people who are going to have to implement it, let alone the ones who are affected by it. But, you know, there's nothing, um, <clears throat> there's nothing better than if you solicit opinions or get informations or ask for advice and then bring that forward in the use of a decision, in, in a decision or plan, the people who work for you and have to implement it have been involved transparently in the whole process. You sort of manage this decision-making process with an open door. And there's no better way to win their support and commitment. Um, there is no better way to, to get their commitment. So here we we here we talk about involving people in your your use of authority. We talk about before the ethical judgment required when you're using authority. Now so that's the when. <clears throat> now let me let me talk about exactly. Sorry, that's the how. I apologize. That's the how. The exactly when or the moments when the quick, decisive use of your authority as the manager or the boss is is very important. The first one is in an emergency, you know, when a fast, de decisive action is required. When you're facing a big problem, uh, there's very little time to build up um, a consensus, agreement on something. You know, you need to have a clear and decisive 
uh, approach. You need to go for it, and you need you can't have lengthy discussions. You're just going to make the decision. This particularly is true if you are employed as a manager to turn around a certain area, obviously. You get in there, you can't spend time building up relationships, you just got to get on and make decisive decisions. Second place is when agreement cannot be found in your group. You know, it sometimes happens... You're involving everyone in a discussion of the alternatives, um, but you simply cannot reach consensus. You're not trying to reach full agreement. I spoke about that, remember, last uh, the last podcast in the collective decisions. You're just trying to reach a consensus, and you can't do it. Um, to go forward, to help the company move forward, you're simply going to have to enter and make the choice yourself. And that's the one of the, all, by the way, all of these, um, you know, when points to enter with your authority are beautiful in a way, are really beautiful. And that's why, that's why good managers are really worth their weight in gold, because it's an art, right? I mean, uh, I can't tell you exactly, you know, after three meetings... Or after X meetings, when you've discussed alternatives and you haven't reached consensus, you enter to make your choice. I can't tell you if it's one, two, three, four, five. I don't know. It depends upon the people involved. It depends upon the, the economic situation of the company. It depends upon the seriousness of the decision. It depends upon so much that it's just an art. And that's beautiful, right? That's, that's what makes it so interesting. The third way is when you need to enter to maintain group standards. You know, sometimes your group is going to violate or ignore some important area of group culture, right? You know, going against the mission statement. A lot of people hate mission statements, and I'm not a great fan of them when companies just use them as words and don't back up those words with concrete actions, which obviously are the ones that count. Well, when your group is going to go against the mission statement, right? So you've got an action here which is exactly contrary to what you've written in the in the in the mission statement or what you've you adhere to as the manager, mission statement. That's when your group you have to enter, and bring people back into the uh, the right line. I mean, this happens a lot when there's a lot of pressure on. Uh, it's natural, right? A lot of pressure to make a decision, a lot of pressure to maybe cut corners, to make the processes a little bit less uh, concrete. And that's when you, as the leader manager, have to jump in and use your authority to hold people back. Connected with that is the next place where you need to set boundaries and limits. You need to guide. Um, and this is a really wonderful thing because uh, this is when you're talking about, you know, the classic uh, alpha male leader that's, that's guiding the people beneath uh, him, obviously an alpha male. <clears throat> but if it's a female manager, an alpha, an alpha woman, they exist, I'm sure they do. Uh, but your role is to, is to guide people, to set limits. You know, to set uh, boundaries. 
uh, and to guide your people within those boundaries. It's the most effective form of coaching, the most effective form of, of improving people and becoming a superior team. But obviously when people hit either of those boundaries, um, or indeed they, they hit them because they start moving in a completely different direction, that's when you have to enter and use your authority. We spoke a little bit about this when we spoke about how to give feedback. And that's the classic example of, when you, of where you're hitting in. And that's a very, very important use of your authority. The last bit is when you need to refocus people's attention on the big picture. It's very common and very easy that people lose the sight of the big picture for your group or indeed for your company if you're the CEO. And sometimes you have to, you have to jump in and you have to remind people of that bigger picture. Very easy thing to say. Very, very, very um, difficult thing to do. Because by big picture also, you, you, and what I'm saying is you have to remind people of what's really important. You know, and it could be something silly, not silly, sorry, it could be something banal, like it's really important that we, uh, with meetings, that we start on time and finish on time. Because that feeds through this respect of deadlines and time, the respect of others, feeds through to everything else we do in the company. So it could be something subtle and banal like that. And that's where you need to use your authority. Or again, in a meeting, when someone's going off subject and you ask them polite to come back, or they're speaking over their time limit, you ask them to hurry up and, and finish. We've gone through a lot of these when we've, in the last 18 months, when we've spoken about effective managerial behaviours. So that's when you have to use them. Summarising then, the use of authority is, is very crucial for the manager. It's there, you need to use it. It's a, a very effective tool, if used in the way in which I've mentioned. Unfortunately, um, bad bosses, bad managers, and there are many of them around, use too much authority or they use too less authority. And this causes a lot of problems in, in companies. It causes more problems than anything else I know. Because listen, if you have a good manager and you put him or her with a group of good people, your company is going to have great success. That's how it works. And there's not enough concentration on helping people become good managers. There's really not enough. There's not enough mentoring, which... I haven't done a podcast on mentoring. I really should do a podcast on mentoring. Everyone should search and find mentors for themselves. And companies should absolutely have the, pro have the process of having mentorships going on in their company. It's just absolutely stupid not to. Um, to actually be guided by someone who is far more senior in the company than you are and far more senior in age and experience. I mean, they've just got a vast amount of experience and they can help you, guide you to do the right thing. That's, that's not about authority here. That's about mentorship. And it's just ridiculous that I don't see more of that going on. 
Anyway, this is, as I said, the first part of, of the look of The Manager. And I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found some of it interesting. If you disagree vehemently with some of the things I've said, and I'm sure many do, please write to me. Love to hear feedback uh, uh, when you disagree with uh, what I'm saying. If you've agreed completely what I'm saying, write to me and let me know that. As I said before with feedback, you never have a problem giving positive feedback, or at least I've never had a problem giving positive feedback so far. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you found it useful. I promise I'm going to really try and get the next podcast out on the incorrect use of friendship for managers and bosses as soon as I can in, in one week's time. Thank you once again for listening. I'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye.